Browntown. Brown. I am excited. Yeah. It's, well, no, I'm not. I'm terrified. Things are terrible. Everything is terrible. I can breathe again then, so that's that's a plus. The air has, has become clear. I have oxygen. Oh, so crisp. I just feel like, I don't know, like I hated Alive. it, but now that I have the air back in my lungs, you know, I feel like I, w- I was like asphyxiated by like the world, right? Um, yeah, like because it was literally burning. Yeah, but like it's I'm I'm kind of into like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like I don't want to do it again because I know it'll it'll hurt my health, and I don't want my kinks to hurt my health. But I will say the 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 smoky smell was like it's not the it's not the choking. It's when you can breathe again. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I I I like a good smoky smell, and I I think it's because I like barbecue. Oh yeah, is that weird? No, that's not weird at all. I love fire smells. I love fire too, but I love the smell of fire. Yeah. We had a house fire when I was, uh, I guess like 13. Oh no. And like 86% of our house burnt That's... down. It was like, it, like lightning hit the top and like it burnt down from the top. So it like just, like a lot of stuff pretty much got That's damaged. It's a very precise like, uh, percentage of your house. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably making it. It's like, I, I'm a comedian. I need the detail. I need the detail. Specifics. <laughs> well, first I got a ruler and <laughs> I just, I worked out the cubic volume of my house. But no, like it, it uh, it, we had books and like clothes and some things that kind of like made it through the fire that we kept. And I remember like the books and things that made it through, like, like really like, like getting close and like, like sniffing uh-huh. it just because I enjoyed the way the smoke smelled because it was a nice smoke yeah. smell. I was into that. It's interesting too. I mean, scent is a is a strong memory, but yeah, I when we had, I can't say the same thing for the hurricane damage that we had as a kid. Yeah, you can't you can't get a hurricane smell into your books. Yeah, you can't. I mean, hurricanes smell crazy. They smell like sea and water, and they smell sometimes they smell like sewage, but then sometimes they smell like uh, ozone. And um, being in the eye of a hurricane is pretty dope. Uh, yeah, so Twister was cool. What uh what are we talking about today? Are we talking about uh natural disasters that befall us? Um so here's what happened. <laughs> uh so we recorded I think last Friday and we recorded last Friday. Uh we finished and like you sent me a text message that just said like holy uh-huh, fuck. Uh-huh, I did that, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like question mark <laughs> and you were like uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Uh-huh. And that puts us in a a place where now we're just trying to like figure out where to go now. Yeah, and I just want to say that I was uh, you know, as somebody who is like I'm not a law professional, I just I want mm-hmm. everybody to know that on the show. I am not a law professional, neither is Jay. We probably should have led with that. Like we're like seven, eight episodes in. We just we just really we're just big old nerds and we're um Yeah, we read we read a lot of laws for no reason. We research things. And so well, I, I read laws because I'm black in America and I need to understand sure. this shit. <laughs> I mean a lot of it for me started when I was a street performer and I had or I was doing some sort of performative art and I had to like mm-hmm. look up the laws to you know and I started like learning about my rights and stuff as a protester you know, back in college. And mm-hmm. so that was really cool. And I kind of got into the actual letter of it. And I, I guess also uh, while I was in college as well, uh, I got really into rhetoric, uh, which is mm. basically a pre-law track. Um, it was part of 
what my degree is in technically. So I did a, there were two tracks. It was social psychology track and a rhetoric track. The rhetoric track was if you wanted to be a lawyer, you could take rhetoric. Uh, it was more for like legislation, sure. uh, legislature law. God, I can't even say the words. Um, so I couldn't choose between social psychology or rhetoric. So I just basically did mm. both. Uh, and that's what happens when um, the government is fronting you the money for your education. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> You're just like, you know what? I'll take so much. I don't have to pay this back. And now I'm currently I'll take paying it back. Right. I had I had that. And also I had a minor in marketing. So it was like me being like, I don't have to decide. Mm -hmm. So look, because I took so many classes in rhetoric, I actually really got into like the law and trying to understand how laws are written and also trying to understand like, uh, like, I've really got into how laws are debated. Mm. So uh, rhetoric, we really got into that discourse and, you know, uh, the kind of presentation of law and defense. And so I got really deep into even rhetorical analysis of specific laws and really discussing why certain words were used, the time period that it was written within, and, and, and like a lot of the things that we actually kind of do here. Uh, and some of the things you may notice I trigger on when yeah. we start talking, I'm like, yo, this doesn't make sense. Or when was this written? Mm -hmm. How much is this that back then? How important is that? And so like a lot of that comes from just, you know, that's kind of what I did in college, which is a long time ago. And I'm just realizing <laughs> I haven't been in college in a while. That's fine. Me neither. Sex. I was a, I was a dropout though. Like that's what's weird about it. I was a dropout. Mm. Uh, so I went to college, I dropped out, and then I came back six years later. Interesting. And that six year time period that I went back is super far away now. And yeah. it's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I'm old. Ugh, so old. That's okay. We forgive you. My knees don't. I can feel it right now. They <laughs> are <laughs> time is marching. <laughs> unforgiving. <laughs> Speaking of unforgiving, it's <sighs> I don't know. I was sort of struck with this level of uh, terror mm -hmm. when I heard she died, uh, like a deep stomach ache. And not because, I mean, she's not a particularly, she is a fan of incremental change. She's not a fan of fast or she wasn't a fan of fast changes. Right. So like, I don't know. There's a lot you can say about her as a judge. She definitely did some like pretty dope things. I think when it came to uh, women's rights, especially, uh, she was very vocal and an adamant. Uh, I, the word just left me. <laughs> Advocate? Advocate. Thank you. I think it was the, the alliteration is what threw me. Uh, sure, sure. But she was an, an adamant advocate for for women's rights, and I think that that's something that her record just really establishes and shows from you know her work leading up into becoming uh, a Supreme Court justice. How she you know went to a law school and kind of continued progressing even though she was told that it was you know women didn't do those things right and how she wanted to continue practicing law and how you know she continued to do it in a world that again traditionally told her that she didn't need to or that she shouldn't so i feel like that's the her, her legacy will kind of always stand there and i i get it i don't think i truly don't think any judge is down for massive wild change yeah they're pretty conservative in general it seems yeah and even I the mean, liberal ones fairly conservative and she's considered to be wildly liberal yeah well maybe not wildly but she's one of she's considered one of the liberal justices they put her on t-shirts 
yeah. with a crown on her, she's, like she's Biggie or something. <laughs> yeah, she has a nickname. And Toya's RBG. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I guess I don't know. Did you admire her? Did you? I, other than for a lot of people, she was just a stopgap, basically. That's exactly what it was for me. Is that I know how the courts work mm-hmm. and. A lot of these decisions come down to a pretty close, like one vote. Five to four, very often. Oh, Especially lot. in this era, in the current <laughs> Roberts Court era, it is five to four. Very and often. there's like that awful guy, Kavanaugh, who's in the court. So mm-hmm. I, God knows who is going to go also in Gorsuch, next. Also, Clarence Thomas. As it, yeah. They, they they don't yeah but like when I see their faces I don't feel like I want to throw oh, up. Oh, Clarence much. Thomas makes me upset. Really? The, like, uh, so Clarence like, Thomas does, was his face makes you viscerally upset. Yes, because he was Brett Kavanaugh before Brett Kavanaugh was Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. I think it's just because I didn't when Clarence Thomas. I remember Thomas. I don't remember him coming on board. Yeah, I do. I I remember the Anita Hill trials vividly because my okay. mom was upset. And I remember uh, a lot of black women in my life were upset about it Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Anita Hill was just basically being silenced. Yeah. And I also remember it was the first time I think I can remember black people being like against another black person that was like doing something that was like black people didn't do. So like it's it was rare for black people to like and it still is rare, I think. uh, But at the time period, it was rare for me to see. And I don't think I'd ever seen you know, us be against another black person. Right. <laughs> like, my mom has been, yeah, my mom has been and still is very pro-black. Yeah. Like, and I, I may have said this on the podcast before, but like, I remember my mom would give me coloring books with little white children in them. Clearly white children when you see them, like their hair is very straight. <laughs> and she's like, no, you color them black. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just color them brown like yep these are brown kids uh and it was because they didn't make coloring books really right. for like black children those were hard to find and so i think it's it was the first time i can remember when we were like yo we're not rooting for the black dude right and i think that was when i also was first kind of introduced to uh like black conservatism and what it meant and like the attitude that a lot of black conservative men had towards black women mm-hmm. and it was like all of that was like what I met and I, I might have been like maybe 10 when all this happened so like I had to like navigate that and understand that at a relatively young age because you know it's something that when I would go with my mom to her beauty salon they would sometimes be talking about it or you know I would hear other people talk about it amongst themselves who were black mm-hmm. my teachers at school talked about it it was all things that like got brought up that I had never had to contend with and, and I think that's something that has always kind of centered Clarence Thomas in my mind where he feels to me like Brett Kavanaugh did. In fact, it, the the parallels were were very similar. I saw the parallels and I had heard of Anita Hill, but I think like I was probably, I don't know, I was a, ba- a little baby child when that happened. <laughs> so yeah. I think, you know, when you don't go through it or you're not cognizant of it, you don't know and you have to look back in history. But that's a good point is that because when the Kavanaugh stuff went through, I think there was this collective uh, PTSD reaction that yeah. those of us who have experienced sexual assault or harassment or felt in danger of it, it's a traumatic thing to go through and so mm-hmm. i don't know i i wish that they would teach people about the surrounding culture and how it affects you know we only we only hear about the fights and the battles and you know what was in court but we don't hear about how as a culture in a society 
how we collectively mourn or rage or feel. I wish as a society we would even just devalue people who are rapists. Like for whatever reason, when because ultimately that's what it boils down to is where we value his, and I'm using air quotes, contribution to society more than we value his actions as a rapist. Yeah. And that devaluing is why he's on the Supreme Court right mm -hmm. now. And as a society, at some point, we have to start clearly holding women at the same equality as we do men. And ultimately, I think a lot of it boils down to the fact, uh, and this will always probably be the case um, until this thing changes, is that a lot of the people who are in power and can still influence the laws are men. Mm -hmm. And especially cishet straight men, they are terrified <laughs> of the concept terrified of the concept that a woman from their past may come back and be like, yo. Right. And the, the thing is, 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 uh, instead of that, taking that moment to think to themselves like, yo, maybe I'm not a good person. They just would rather silence everyone. And that's, what's wild to me about that. Like if you are concerned that you might have raped someone in your past, you have some real soul searching to do with yourself because clearly you don't value consent. Right. Exactly. It's uh and valuing consent is important because there are a lot of legal precedents for consent. <laughs> also like you should, you should get consent because like the best part about, in my mind, and I'm going to get a little gushy, but the best uh, part of my mind about about sex is the fact that it's it's something that two people can do to enjoy between each other. Uh, there's other reasons to do it, and there's other applications. But at its core, ideally, it's an opportunity for two people to do something pleasurable for each other. And why would you want to take that relationship or that thing and be like, yo... Let's make it not about either mm -hmm. person's pleasure or make it about one person's pleasure with, and, and even in the case of, I guess, even in the case of like, of, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say what I, I think I'm saying. <laughs> it's, I guess it's a, it's a power thing. Right. That's what I think I'm trying to say. I, I think ultimately, even in the case where it is a power thing, I feel like there still should be consent because it's... I guess at the end of the day, it's about just valuing the other human being. Yeah. Is that, yeah that's where I'm going. That's where I'm you going. Have to, you have to basically not do a really intimate, possibly dangerous thing to a person without getting their okay. Like, just don't do that because that's a, it's, it's a risky activity and you're, it's, it's violent. It's like beating somebody mm -hmm. up. And I don't think people understand that it's the same thing as, you know, that's why they call it sexual assault. Yeah, no. Okay. This mm -hmm. is a weird turn. Not weird, but just not the turn we thought it was going well, to Well, and that's the thing is we can't – I don't think we can talk about the passing of this judge without talking about, you know, gender rights and reproductive rights and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. And frankly, it's a little bit frightening. Not because – I just – it's fucked up that one – old lady dying at a reasonable age can like mm -hmm. possibly screw up so many people's lives. Like that system is clearly a bit, uh, why? Well, I, I was, I'm not here to, def no, I'm not here to defend uh, the Supreme <laughs> Court. I need to start off with that. Uh, I think the, the Supreme Court at its, like in its ideal nature, our government makes sense. If you sit down and you think, all right, so, you have a president who's going to be honorable and <laughs> he's going to take the weight of the office seriously and be responsible. 
And then you have like all these other people who we've all picked to be like, yo, we want you to go represent us. Uh, you can write laws to govern us, but you don't have to, but you can if necessary. You also can collect money from us to do things to help like the general society. And then if you do decide to write laws, uh, the way that we'll interpret it is instead of leaving that to you because you might get crazy with it, instead of giving it to other person because he might become a king, then we establish like this court and it is the highest court in the land and they do all the deciding about whether or not- It sounds like a fairy tale right. whenever I hear somebody say the highest court to the land. And I'm like, where are the horses and the guys with the sticks? It was written to be a fairy tale. And I think that's kind of the issue with the American system. If you look at all of it in practice- uh, what we've been doing throughout the time that we've been here in this country has been just kind of adjusting it so that it sort of works in the real world. But I mean, it kind of doesn't. Uh, when you look at like the Electoral College, when you look at the fact that the entire government started with voting only being meant for white men who own land, like mm -hmm. all of the things that were built into our government that uh, for whatever reason, conservatives want to conserve, typically the majority of those things, if not all of them, are extremely racist, prejudiced, and bigoted. No one in this country, with the exception of rich white men, would benefit under them. So, yeah, the ideal, when you look at it, was like, this is <gasps> oh, perfect. Oh, wait. So that's why they wrote it on that fancy parchment. So it would look like, um, like a fairy tale. I thought you were going to say a check. <laughs> that's all rich people know how to sign um <laughs> i will say this though i think that uh the american system even though it isn't perfect it has rendered some incredible things but the incredible things it rendered were taken from things that it had actually kind of caused our ride <laughs> so like it's like when we and, and we're gonna dive into some of the supreme court decisions that have been made uh just because it's a supreme court themed episode and i mean why would we not but the thing that I will note about all of the Supreme Court decisions that I want to talk about and about the ones that you want to talk about are that they have a common theme where the Supreme Court had an opportunity to correct something that was done legally with a law, but essentially wasn't moral. Mm. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, when we've talked about morality and law in the past, one of the things I think I have said multiple times, uh, especially how I feel about legislating morality, is that morality has changed. What's moral now is definitely immoral, uh, maybe 30 years ago or even further oh, back. Oh, yeah. I mean... You can show your ankles now. <laughs> you know what? I I have never <laughs> like and I'm I'm sure like if I search hard enough I can find it. I know there's like a porn site out there where it's just all ankles. Just hot ankle on ankle action. It's just two ankles just rubbing together. I haven't seen it either. I bet um, it's out there. I bet I'm sure it is. There's something for everything. But that's what I'm saying. Like, just what we consider moral standards. Like, even uh, – so, like, I think bathing suits are a really good example because you kind of brought up ankles. You know, you look at bathing suits from, like, right. the 1920s. They were, like, suits for actual suits. <laughs> now, like – it's flexible. There are some places where uh, you could bathe in the nude if you wanted to. There are other places where as long as you're covering like it's I'll call it the nips and lips special, where as long as you're covering <laughs> specific parts of your body, you can roam free. And I think it's I would hope as we move into the future, we would get to a point where like we're not forcing people to cover themselves unless they just absolutely want to. But what we thought of as being moral has changed so much. 
that I think it's it's inherently impossible for a court composed and comprised solely of human beings to be morally correct all the time. Hmm. I think, however, it is possible for them to uphold specific standards and rights of humanity 100% of the time. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes. And that's what I, I think. That would be I, so nice. I don't want a morally correct court. I just want a court that establishes uh, – Based upon again the ideals that it was stat- that it was founded on, sure. that humans all have the same rights. Ideally, humans, but I mean, I guess since we're in America, Americans all have the same rights. And I rolled my eyes <laughs> so hard when I said that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to dive into uh, two decisions. Um, I'm going to start with the first one, uh, and these are all really, really well known decisions. I'm not going to get into like a lot of uh, like hoopla about it, but all I right. will say, yeah, I don't know why I chose the hoopla. Word hoopla. hoopla. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say that we are going to go to 1890. 1890. Right. We jump into the Wayback Machine. We go to 1890. And because I'm feeling uh, dangerous, we go to Louisiana. Oh, no. Be careful, <laughs> Jake. Didn't they ever tell you black men shouldn't time travel? <laughs> so I'm going to a definitely not a good year. And I'm going to Put Louisiana. Put on your white face. <laughs> 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 so in Louisiana in 1890, just to set the scene for you, uh, black people and white people are in Louisiana not having a great time. Uh, Louisiana is an extremely diverse area. Uh, there's black people, there's Creoles of color, there's white Creole people. They're all there. And they're all there in Atlanta, not Atlanta, sorry, Louisiana. I said diverse and immediately thought Atlanta. <laughs> they're all there in Louisiana. And in 1890, the state of Louisiana passed the Separate Car Act. What? Wait. So on a railroad, on railway cars, before, if you were black, you just went to whichever seat, you know, your tickets were yeah. for or whichever seat was open. Just like you would. Now there is a car for black people no. and a car for white people. No. No, no, it's cool. V, see, you're, you're, rea- you're overreacting. The car for black people is just as nice as the car for white people. So, but that's, but what, but like, so we can't ride the train together? I mean, we can, we're we on the train together. We just can't be on the same car. That's going to make it really hard to work on our podcast. <laughs> no, we still have the internet. <laughs> yeah, do they have Wi-Fi? Do they have Wi-Fi on the train car? Because I'm going to need that. Uh, it's... I think in 1890, it was still, uh, like, the technology was still new, so it wasn't as good. I think you might have had, like, maybe 4G. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a man. His name was Homer Plessy. He was of mixed race. I don't know why that's important. Oh, because which train does he go to? Exactly. He's mixed. And under Louisiana law, he's classified as black because of the one drop rule, I bet. Whoa. Yeah, that's a quietly kept thing that black people for some reason adopted. And he's required to sit in the colored car. He's furious about that. Uh, He bought a first class ticket, gets on the whites only train, and he gets arrested, goes to trial. And during his trial, he argues the state law uh, that requires them to segregate the trains was denying him rights, his rights under the 13th and 14th Amendments, uh, which provided for equal treatment. Okay. 13th, yeah. very familiar amendment. That's the one that said, you know, you can't- They made a whole movie about people. it. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, it, well, you can't you can't force people to be slaves, I guess, uh, unless they're like felons and then you can yeah, totally yeah, force Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be, you know, you got to be chill with your slavery. Yeah. 
So this was versus the state of Louisiana, as okay. you can imagine. He lost. he lost. He got sentenced. Yeah, he got sentenced to pay a twenty-five dollar fine. He okay. appealed. No, lost that appeal. <laughs> he appealed again. This time he goes to the Supreme Court. It's eighteen ninety-six. The country is on fire. Uh, not really, but a lot of the southern states are watching this because if this gets upheld, then you can segregate any place there are black and white people. Whoa. There are two legal briefs that are submitted to the Supreme Court, and in May 18th, 1896, the Supreme Court issued a seven-to-one decision <gasps> against Plessy no. that upheld the constitutionality of Louisiana's train car segregation laws. The only judge that the Senate said this, everyone knows that the statue in question had its origin in the purpose not so much to exclude white people from railroad cars occupied by blacks, but as to exclude colored people from coaches occupied by or assigned to white persons. The thing to accomplish was, under the guise of giving equal accommodation for whites and blacks, to compel the latter to keep to themselves while traveling in railroad passenger coaches. No one wanting, or excuse me, no one would be so wanting in candor as to assert the contrary. So essentially, uh, he was like, yo, the only reason you're doing this is so that black people will know their place. And he was the only person who realized that. Everybody else in the court was like, nah. Huh. Yeah, they were down for segregation. And I just want to point out that this is when I think the Supreme Court is at its worst. Okay, so that's the worst. That's pretty bad. Not not its worst iteration part. Sure. Just this is an example of the Supreme Court's power being used in its worst mm. possible light. Uh, because, again, the 13th Amendment uh, was passed, ratified as part of the United States Constitution. Uh, and so as a law, it was supposed to guarantee to Black people yeah. equal treatment, especially after, what, uh, 200 plus years of slavery. So many years. Yeah. But what ended up happening is because the Supreme Court failed in its duties, essentially, Black people underwent, this was in 1890. It wasn't until uh, Brown versus the Board of Education in the 1950s uh, I want to say it was 1953. When was that? Am I right about so, that? So this Did I call is that right? 60? It was 1954, pardon. So this was 60 years of segregation. Yeah. Right. And segregation would not have happened if the Supreme Court had struck this law Ugh. and could have done it. 100% could have done it. And they decided not to. And in this case, only one judge. And his dissent was clear in saying this is just trying to make black people unequal again. And that one justice was the only one who was against it. Wow. Seven to fucking one. Now that just seems, no, not that's no, that's not good at all. And it takes, it seems like it took about 60 years, which is like the lifespan of a human being. Correct. There are humans that uh, were, suffering from uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. Oh, excuse me, not Brown. That's not suffering from <laughs> Plessy versus Ferguson, excuse me. The decision in Plessy versus Ferguson uh, that more than likely died before they saw any relief. Uh. Yeah. And, and then the relief in this case was, uh, and this is the time when the Supreme Court actually, and, and it's a court that I personally am a big fan of. Uh, so this you was- You talking um, about it. You're like, Supreme oh court my is- God, oh my God. the supreme court is um typically like each i want to say court but it's not 100 percent correct each grouping of justices is known by their chief justice um and as you know the chief justices change uh you typically think of that court as being part of that chief justices like like court so in this case uh 
the one I'm referring to is, is Chief Justice Warren and the Warren Court. They did so much. One of the biggest things they did uh, was the Brown versus Board of Education decision. I've heard of that Um, one. That's the one everyone talks about because it overturned Plessy versus Ferguson. Essentially, it proved that schools in the South uh, and really all aspects of segregation um, were unconstitutional. And segregation, even though it took time to kind of roll out, if you will, uh, and integrate throughout the South, it did start the forcing of integration of schools in the deep South where black children in all cases were in schools that were underfunded, uh, ran poorly and separate but equal had been proven not to Mm. be true. So this was an opportunity for the Supreme court to actually, again, take the letter of the law of the constitution, the idea that every person is created equal and apply the letter of the law and ensure the application of the letter of the law and other laws written uh, from that point forward would continue to uphold the Constitution. Yeah, so this time they did it. Yeah, nine to zero. Nine to zero? Shout out to the Warren Court. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, the Warren Court was like, yo, this is (laughs) And the Warren Court also, uh, here's some other things that they did that they were known for as far as decisions. The significant decisions, Brown versus Board of Education, uh, they also, towards racial segregation, uh, Bowling versus Sharp, Cooper versus Aaron, Goldmillion versus Lightfoot, Griffin versus County School Board, Green versus School Board of New Kent County, Lucy versus Adams, and Loving versus Virginia. All those were just racial mm. segregation. Voting and redistricting, voting, excuse me, comma, redistricting, comma, and malapportionment. Uh, Baker versus Carr, Reynolds versus Sims, Westbury versus Sanders. Criminal procedure, uh, aka the famous Miranda rights, uh, where the police have to tell you that you're under arrest. Oh, that's a good law. I like that one. You mean they can't yeah. just throw you in uh, a car? Yeah, and the police have to say you're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. You have and it read your rights. That stemmed from the Warren Court uh, in Miranda versus Arizona. There are several free speech decisions that they struck because they expanded the idea of free speech greatly. New York Times Company versus Sullivan. Brandenburg versus Ohio. Yates versus United States is a big one. Uh, Roth versus United States, Jacob, Jacob Ellis versus United States, Memoirs versus Massachusetts, and Tinker versus Des Moines School District. They also uh, hit the right to privacy and reproductive rights with Griswold versus Con- Connecticut. They ended cruel and unusual punishment with Robinson versus California and Trump versus Dulles. There was so much that the Warren Court did that uh, oftentimes when people talk about the Supreme Court, uh, the idea of a quote-unquote activist court, the Warren Court is kind of the first time when the Supreme Court really did uh, strike out to enforce the rights of every American as much as it possibly could. And I think the thing that makes the Warren Court and the thing I kind of love about the Warren Court, the thing that makes them so interesting is that it happened during like the 1950s. Uh, Justice George Warren, or Chief Justice uh, Warren, became chief justice in January 11th, 1954. Mm. And they really were working to try to push forward what it meant to have rights as an American citizen. And it's important to remember that in all of the cases that they were working, they were undoing things that had been done to try to limit the rights of American citizens, not expanding the understanding of the constitution, but really just making sure that people were protected properly by the constitution. And that's what a good 
justice, uh, excuse me, Supreme Court should do is ensure that we're protected by the Constitution and laws. Ideally. <laughs> okay. I ran super long, uh, but we're going to take a break and when we come back. Uh, we got more laws to get into. All right. Okay, and we're back. We're back. Our Supreme Court episode, super dope. So V, I just went on a long, long diatribe about the Supreme Court and like my favorite uh, decisions and about the Warren Court. Do you have like any decisions that you like about the Supreme Court? Um, that's a good segue. Well, I I guess <laughs> I'm not. I could, I wouldn't call myself like a Supreme Court fanboy. I mean, they are like <laughs> the highest court in the land. Uh, I mean, I just when you were like, yeah, what's your favorite Supreme Court decision? And I was like. Pfft. What? Like you were asking me what my favorite Radiohead song is. Like, first of all, <laughs> how do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> I have a favorite Radiohead song. I have several favorite. Oh my god, I love. Uh, I think it's Paperback Writers, uh-huh. and I'm a really big fan. Um, actually, I love all of OK Computer. But if I had to pick one out of that entire album, I'd say Paranoid Android is like like tops. And then out of uh, Two Plus Two Equals Five, I would say oh, there's one other song on Two Plus Two Equals Five. Really, but anyway, sorry, I. Do you love, love Radiohead. Radiohead. You do love that's I, okay. Almost as much as I love the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love the Supreme Court. I uh-huh. I like the I think I love the ideals of America if we pretend like racism and slavery and all the other bullshit didn't exist. I would be in for it. Right. And that's why a lot of people are. Um I mean, so I guess because, you know, I'm like gay all the time uh i feel like people are gonna expect uh me to talk about uh gay marriage also uh you're gonna need to help me with this one how did we decide it was pronounced oh it's obergefell obergefell v hodges so uh that was the decision that made gay marriage a right or made Mm same-sex marriage a right to um on, it was 2015 so before that wow. yeah so they all but they the thing is they also had to overturn another decision that had been made earlier mm-hmm. does it sound familiar <laughs> um so they had to overturn this other decision which was baker v nelson which happened in 1971 so like there were these um two two guys and they wanted to get Mm -hmm. married and they were definitely activists like they they knew what they were doing for sure they were in minneapolis minnesota and they went to get a marriage license they were just like hey what's up we're two guys it doesn't say we can't do this we want to get married (laughs) i I imagine that's exactly how it went in 1971 that's how they talked um (laughs) I, i hope so i hope they were like yo what's up yeah (laughs) we're here to get married so they were like no (laughs) well (laughs) i mean minneapolis is a cold place yeah it is (laughs) specifically specifically (laughs) gerald nelson he was the clerk uh at the court there and he was like uh no dice for you and they were like why can't we have the dice and so they filed a lawsuit (laughs) Uh, to force this guy to issue the license Mm -hmm. and um they were like 
listen, we looked at the rules that you guys wrote down, and there's nothing that specifically says that this is forbidden. So, like, we should be able to do it. Right. So they were using the Fifth um, or First Amendment, which is, like, freedom of speech. The Eighth mm-hmm. Amendment, which is a cruel and unusual punishment, which is interesting. Ninth Amendment, which is a right to privacy. And the Fourteenth Amendment, which is the fundamental right to marry under the Due Process Clause. And mm. also the sex discriminatory... Uh, it's sex discrimination contrary to the equal protection cause. So yeah. they did that and they were dismissed. So then they had to go to the Minnesota Supreme Court, which is the highest court mm-hmm. in that particular piece of land. And um, they did the- <laughs> <laughs> they did the arguments and they also dismissed the plaintiffs. So then they right. appealed again. And they went to the Supreme Court, and guess what? Third time is a big dookie. <laughs> okay, not a charm. That is not charming. No. And, um, yeah, so the application, basically, and God, I hate the way that they said it, too. Oh, yeah. They said that, well, <laughs> in the Minnesota Supreme Court, they decided that the marriage statute to limit licenses to people of the opposite sex does not offend. Yeah. Quote, does not offend. Like, yeah, we don't have any problem with it. And this is why I've been saying we need a gay judge. We need a gay judge. We need a drag queen judge who can deliver the most amazing uh, dissents. Here's something that I will say that I learned. Uh, In fact, I talked about learning it earlier in the show. Um, there's a saying, it's uh, skin. not all skin folk are kin folk. Yes. I, I feel like you've heard that before. I have heard that uh, before. I And I think that might apply here. Just because someone's gay doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be for the cause, nor does it mean that they're truly going to be great at being a judge. You know, that is true. There are some gay politicians right now oh, who are Oh, I wonder who. Not Can good. I think of? Hmm, <laughs> maybe we have the, the mayor. I don't know. That's a person. I think we should take away, I think all the other gays, we should get together and have a summit and we should revoke her card. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> But also, listen, I just want everybody to know that, like, yes, you know, we fall for it. You know, we think that, uh, you know, just because somebody is experiencing the same type of suffering that we are, that they're going to be on our side. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. And also, gay people can be really shitty. Have you met us? <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say I think that uh, someone who is gay, who has a strong history of protecting uh, everyone's rights as well as gay rights, would be an excellent choice for a Supreme Court justice. And it doesn't have to be, and this is something I found out uh, recently, does not have to be a previous judge. It makes it easier to get the nomination through the Senate. Wait, wait, wait. So you could literally nominate anyone. You can nominate anyone, but you got to get it by the Senate. And that's where things get rough because it's a lifetime appointment. And the only time you can do anything about them is by like popping them before they get (laughs) actually put on the the seat. I wonder if um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever like learned like Krav Maga or something because like she's so like, you know, if it's a lifetime appointment and people really hate that you're speaking things up, I would want to I feel like she could take 
some people. I think they have Secret Service. Uh, I really do think they have a Secret Service um, agent with them. I've, I may be wrong. Okay. But I feel like they have protection. Okay. Because, you know, lifetime appointments. Yeah, that seems like a lot. I like my privacy. <laughs> Let me, you know, I actually, I just kind of want to look that up. Yeah, so they do have personal, the Supreme Court police. Holy they have fuck. their own police. The Supreme police. Court has a police. Well, uh, so, yeah, so does, the, po- so does the post office. Oh, that makes me hate <laughs> um, So, I'm sorry, I did not mean to distract you, but no, we had to go. We had to go on that journey. Um, yeah, we did. We found out they have a police force for the Supreme Court. That's crazy. Okay, that makes sense. I guess. Well, they need it. Yeah, to your point, people probably try to kill them all the time. Oh man, do you think they have a food taster? I, they probably have the same like system that screens their meal that the president That's has because they catch stuff trying to kill every president. It seem yeah, it seems like you're a lot more likely to get picked off though when you're it's a lifetime appointment. <laughs> you can't just retire. Well, you have more time, <laughs> and it's. You're allowed to retire, so you don't oh, have to stay. You can? That's, okay. That's something I was going to ask. It's not you, like the Pope. Uh, I thought no, it was a Pope. It's not like situation. you have to stay. No, the Pope can the Pope can step down. Oh, right, that one guy did it, but it hadn't happened in six hundred years. Yeah, typically they don't, but like, so you don't have to stay a Supreme Court justice. In fact, um, there's a lot of people who are I don't want to say angry, but who have a bit of resentment against uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg for not stepping down during Obama's term. Yeah, at that point she was I want to say eighty two, eighty one, and if she had stepped down, her spot could have been filled. And as it turned out, Alito died, and then they tried to spit Alito's spot in like eight months. Right. Uh, and the Senate just stonewalled it, and so now we're at a, a basically looking at a 6-3 swing instead of looking at what could just be a 5-4. If not even a 6-3 liberal swing, which would have been Mm -hmm. wild. So, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, is that they're going to enact these things we're going to have to undo, like, decades later. I mean, with this, uh, with Baker v. Nelson... uh, Yeah, that was in 1971. Yeah, and so that basically allowed states to explicitly discriminate against same-sex marriage like because it doesn't offend um so 70 years yeah yeah a long time well so it wasn't until 2015 so that's what 40 years 40 yeah Yeah. sorry my math was wildly wrong that's okay And then this, uh, you're going to have to help me say it again, Oberge? Obergefell? Obergefell. Obergefell B. Hodges. Like, oh, Obergefell. Like, oh, Obergefell. <laughs> That's how I'm remembering it. Like, oh, Obergefell. Yeah, so like, like, it's just, this is just about like the fundamental right to um, same-sex couples to marry. And that's cool and all, but also like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that um, people want to get married. um, But most of those reasons for like people in a relationship is like, oh, so you can visit somebody in the hospital or so you can like share Mm -hmm. their health insurance. And it's just, first of all, why do you need, why does your health insurance have to be so tied to marriage? Also part of adoption too, which is a big deal. Yeah, well, uh, this is actually a lot of uh, gay couples. One man would adopt the other um, to get to get rights because that with health insurance. I was saying adoption, uh, like you know, adopting children, which is oh yeah, the, a goal for a lot of families. Adopting children is a thing you can do as well. I mean, but yeah, adoption has been used by the gay community to be able to have the same rights like as somebody in your family. But I just, it's so weird that you need to go and get this piece of paper that says that you're married mm. <laughs> in order so you could just like, I don't know, well, sh- 
see see them when they're deathbed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's weird. Also, it's very weird that health insurance is tied to this. I feel like if I'm paying you, right, like I'm giving you money, right. like I should be able to shack up on insurance with anyone I want to. Like if I'm paying you more, just because you, and it's more like it's like, well, we don't want to charge you double, but fuck you. I should, if I'm paying you and you give me one person to cover, it shouldn't fucking matter who that person is. Like I am fucking giving you money for this. <laughs> exactly. Ah, fuck health insurance. I help, I hate health insurance so I much. I do too. It's very annoying. Oh, the entire idea of it is fucked up. But anyway, I'm sorry. Well, and, so that's most of the reasons that a lot of couples want to get married. It's it's just for the security aspect. And also, too, I mean... Uh, no legal representation when the person dies. Or, their, their or when you're at, in a coma. Um, when I went under and had my surgery, they gave me the, all this paperwork. And like I've had mm-hmm. surgery before, but it was like emergency surgery for getting my appendix out. So there wasn't time mm-hmm. for paperwork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ticking, had time there was a bleed. ticking time bomb inside i actually didn't have time to bleed they use sound based instruments to cut through my flesh that automatically cauterizes the wound as it goes no time to bleed baby classic they went in laparoscopically i was just super glued shut it was amazing but wow that is actually yeah they super glued me shut just little uh scars on my belly and one in my belly button that's where they put the camera so anyway when i went under for my last surgery you know i got all this paperwork that I had to sign and you know it was basically like agreeing to the things that were going to be done mm-hmm. and giving them like my emergency contact and just like mm-hmm. all the legal stuff and then there was a piece of paper that was like I can't remember what it was called but it was I needed a legal represent oh you're like a power I of need, attorney. Yes, power of attorney. A DPA basically. Yeah, and a durable power of attorney. I didn't want uh I just my parents are divorced and I didn't want them. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame to... you. Like I, up until I got married, I, that was a real issue for yeah. me. Like, who is going to come make decisions for me while I? Yeah, can't? so I had to call my sister, and it's like one of those things where you're like, there's not a lot of chances that I'm going to go into a coma or die or anything like that. But just on the off chance, like I don't want, like I love my mother, but she's evangelical, and I don't know what she's going to try to do to save me. And, oh, my, yeah. and parents in general don't think rationally. My sister knows my wishes, and uh, she is all about, you know, I don't think she would have any issues with that with anything that I've talked to her about. So, yeah. but it was it. I don't know. It felt like a big deal. And for a lot of uh, queer and trans people, we don't have all the time. We don't have we have sometimes no relationship with our blood family and sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, a strained relationship because they don't understand you. And so you do not want people who especially if you're one of those people who your family is actively hostile to you, you do not Mm -hmm. want them in charge of your body when you're on life support. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> my my father is uh, estranged to me due to our former religion. Well, my former religion, his current. And up until that happened, he was listed. Cause the reason I know what a DPA is because, you know, uh, it's a, I won't go into a backstory, but every Jehovah's Witness has okay. one. It's a whole thing about not accepting blood. It's a whole thing. Oh, wow. But for a long time, you know, my father was listed as my DPA. And then when I started to like leave being a Jehovah's Witness, I had to like destroy that. And I still kind of worry that he might try to like pull a copy of it if I'm under and be like, look, 
this gives me the right to decide and because I've signed it. And then the only thing that would save it in this case is just that it would be outdated. But even then that gives him a power over me to make decisions in my stead that I wouldn't make. Right. And I would prefer in most cases for it to be like my wife, because we've talked about this. She knows how I feel and she knows what I want. And hopefully fingers crossed, she's like down for that too. Right. <laughs> I feel like I wake up and I'm like, ah, what did you do? And she's like, I, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like it's, it's something that, um, it's, it's a really big deal. And, and it's, it's really, I was going to say myopic, but it's not truly myopic. It feels almost maliciously cruel to have something be based upon marriage, uh, and not upon the fact that like, you know, even the day when we think about, relationships, fewer people get married anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense to to force people into this institution that they don't even believe in just so that they can, you know, have power of attorney transfer to up the person they want it to without having to go into a lawyer and fill out like an entire, you know, set of forms or like you shouldn't have to go through all of that. Absolutely. And there are so many, there are so many, I mean, marriage is a path a lot of people use for a lot of things. I mean, people get married for insurance. People get married yeah. For citizenship, citizenship, like all the time. Uh, why is marriage the easiest way to get the things that you need in this country? <gasps> is, it, is it the Puritans? <gasps> well, he's not here, but if he were, and this is a shout out to him, shout out to Ricky, he would say it's the law of Coventry. <laughs> and if, if you know who that is, you are dying laughing right now. But if you're not, Really quickly, uh, it's just the concept of owning property. And that's really all marriage is. Marriage is how you own property. In this case, unfortunately, the woman was a property. Mm. That's why dowries are thing. Yeah. Boo. Property. Yeah. Boo to the patriarchy. Let's tear this shit down. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that happened in 2015. So, but I, I don't know. For me, I, I mean, cool. I can get married to somebody that has the same genitals as me. That's, Sure. But that's like, I never really thought, I never really wanted to get married. I've never really thought about it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, it's just never been a thing in my life. Like, like even as a child? Um, I mean, sometimes I would think about it and like, I would have my teddy bears get married, but I was more just, I just, I just, I was into the sex scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess you could say for a while I wanted to get married because I thought the only way I could have sex was if I got married. But yeah, if you get old enough to that point. Then I realized I, I, I didn't that. have to do yeah. that. And I was like, dope. Um, I mean, well, as a person who is married, uh, wow, I hate how that thing started. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not, this is not going to sound like it's going to sound. Uh, I think everybody should do whatever works for them. That's, that's how I need to start. Sure. That. I feel like. Whatever, you know, gets your jazz flute rolling. <laughs> cool. Um, I will say that the, the reason I got married is, uh, well, twofold. I think I like the concept of, because I, I need like emotional stability. Mm -hmm. And I like the concept of when you're married, it's like, even when things are not going great, uh, I'm going to be here for you and you're going to be here for me. And I get that, that you can have that outside of a marriage. I just think it's, it's for me, that was the type of bond that I needed for my own personal security. Oh, it's much easier to break up when you don't have to get a divorce. <laughs> oh, like you can just walk out. Exactly. Like, 
<laughs> just pick up you can just what leave. you want to leave with. You can just leave. Just pick up what you want to leave with and just leave. And so like I think that and the other thing too is is, you know, again, this is the part where I was gonna say, as a person who's married and has gone gone through like a wedding and like the the exchange of vows, like it meant something to me. I didn't think it was going to when I I did it. I thought it wasn't gonna be as emotional for me as it was, mm. but it did mean something to hear someone else like basically proclaim that they cared about me uh deeply in front of like everyone. Oh, I always cry at weddings. Yeah. And the wedding <laughs> itself was like like i enjoyed the wedding i it was something that like it was it was just a dope ass party and it kind of started like i mean we already lived together before we we got married but it, it kind of felt like a an opportunity for our parents and our families well the parent of mine that showed up sure but it was an opportunity for like our families to like meet each other and you know we kind of had like a dope party and it was like like a, almost like a a fun start to like well we're together now and I, outside of that, and you know, the, we don't take advantage of the, we don't file our taxes together. We don't, uh, we don't have joint insurance. We don't take advantage of any of the other. We're terrible. <laughs> we don't take advantage of any other stuff. It's just easier, just easier to be like, yo, you do your thing. I do sure. mine. Uh, talk to me if you need it. But it's one of those things where I think, you know, the, the actual act of it, if that's something that you're into, like if you're into monogamy, um, I, I get why that matters. And it's something that like, you know, I I think you can get it. Well, you don't have to be monogamous to be married. <laughs> True. Uh, and that's a simple point. But I guess let me rephrase it. If you're into the act, I guess what I mean is you're into the act of being like, of like long-term commitment. Yeah, the so commitment. So if you're into long-term yeah. commitment, it's a better way to put that. I it's apologize. It's romantic. It's romantic. It is. And it's it's something that like, uh, I, I don't think think I wouldn't so I would never encourage anyone to do it if they were not into it I would never push someone towards it if they were unsure uh and I would never like code it as like oh it's this amazing thing it is like even when I talk about it, I'm like it's work we work like constantly um and there's days when you know it just feels like awful to be married to someone and I don't mean that in a rude way but that's just what it is there are days when it's like yo this would 100% be easier if I were by myself but that's part of the commitment is that there are also days when I'm like yo this could not have happened without you in my life like we could never have done this I could never have gotten to this this point myself I couldn't you know without the support without the person there and there are other like truly amazing aspects i think of just having someone be part of your life like permanently which is super great that i think you can get without being married is what i was trying to say like you can get all of that without being married absolutely so i, I think it's it's something that i wouldn't push someone towards it because it's like you're not going to gain anything other than like you're going to drop a lot of money on a wedding and that's fun but you can just have a dope ass party and you know the other thing is just the commitment i think you can have a long term commitment a lifelong commitment to someone without the bond of marriage but you don't I mean, have to be like it, yo you're going to lose everything oh, if yeah. you leave i mean there's that but also the other aspect of this is that like okay marriage was cool but it's just it's not what gay and trans activists have been asking for true we've been asking for equal treatment under the law not just about marriage it's like you know people are like you know because it, it's some it's some it's something interesting that I find with the gay rights movement where it went from, you know, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Like we are who we are. Mm -hmm. And if that's a problem for you, sorry. And then it went to this point 
at some point where it was just like, hey, we're just like you. We want to get married, too. And that's not what all of us want. Some of us just want to be like our freaky little selves. And we don't want to like hurt anybody or be crazy. We just want to be ourselves. And I don't, I would like to, you know, not worry about getting beat up. Uh, I would like to not worry about losing out on opportunities because of people being discriminatory towards me or actively hostile when it comes to things like pronouns and stuff. That's a really difficult thing um (laughs) when it comes to a work environment um people can be really i don't know just just jerks people People are dicks people are dicks and i mean i i say that like you know being a comedian it's it's a constant thing of dealing with you know constantly getting uh misgendered actively misgendered when you you know try to call people out sometimes i'll do it with a joke and then they get mad at you and it's just like i just want to be taken seriously and you know given equal treatment and that often doesn't happen and there's not a lot of recourse all the time but then it's also nobody should be afraid to walk outside just looking like themselves oh so and i will say i i I would say equitable treatment not equal so equal treatment would be possible if we weren't all like shitty shitty people (laughs) (laughs) We're really shitty. We are really shitty. And because we're real shitty, we kind of need equitable treatment. So there are some considerations that I feel certain minorities and more vulnerable groups need that they would get more of. It kind of feeds in, you know, we've been talking about, I'm trying, I'm, I I don't, I'm not looking at the schedule, so I don't know where this is going to go in the lineup, but we've been, we were talking about the Man Act and, you know, we were talking about uh, sex workers and how it impacted them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of trans women, particularly black trans women, because it's harder to find a job when you're black, would you say? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> uh is the, is that part like i've heard some people like go by different kind uh, different versions of their name because it's easier yeah. to get it a that's job why i'm known as jay that's why i go by jay my actual I was, name yeah is i was wondering because yeah yeah jay is much more neutral <laughs> can't tell what i am till i walk in the door then you're like oh no he's black. <laughs> it's too late <laughs> <laughs> well and i'm sure too like you're 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 i just imagine you walking into a room for an interview and like you've got a, like a like a little folder but it looks like like a miniature folder because you're so tall and then like <laughs> your dreadlocks like brush the the door frame and you're like hello <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> going for interviews now is is uh way different i didn't always have the dreads uh so right. now it's it's a hard like oh no i'm real black <laughs> <laughs> I just slide in and be like, surprise. Now it's like, yeah, no, you really hired a black man. Yeah. And so there, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, especially like you have to have certain kind of clothes to go on those job mm-hmm. interviews and those clothes cost money. You know, you have yep. to have a certain look. And also when people are unsure about like, and I, I've experienced this walking around Seattle, people will see me and they're like, not sure what my whole deal is. And they just... <laughs> And like, I can see them looking, you know, they do the thing where they look crotch, chest, crotch, chest. And I love just like looking right in their eyes until they look up. And that's beautiful because they look up and then they look like a computer that's malfunctioning. They're just like, uh, 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 hi. And what's wild about that is that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. You can just look at a person and be like, oh, cool. And just 
go about the rest of your day. But people you don't are have so, to know anything about them. People are so obsessed with gender, <sighs> and it's really weird because like, like cis people say that matter. I'm obsessed with gender, and personally, I don't. I would prefer to not have to talk about like I would prefer <laughs> to not have to talk about it all the time. But unfortunately, um, it's important yeah. to talk about this stuff all the time because it's uh, actively suppressed by certain aspects of our government yeah. and it's getting worse it's it we've got better but it's the thing is the thing i think that a lot of people who are progressive don't understand is that winning isn't doesn't mean you're done like True. it's not it's not a ribbon you oh we got the medal they can come back and take that fucking medal from you and are actively <laughs> like trying to do you so. don't just win it it's like it's like you gotta fucking hold yeah. the fort motherfuckers and i, I think the the thing to take in account here is a president. So president is when a Supreme uh, Court decision has been made, a landmark decision. Sorry. Cool. When a landmark decision has been made, um, president just basically means that decision kind of gets referred to and held as uh, our starting point, or this is how we feel about X. And it's difficult, though not impossible, to overturn president. Um, a lot of Wait, are you saying precedent? They become justices. Oh, I thought you said yeah, president. president. That's why. I, that's why I yelled. I'm, I'm real. I'm real <laughs> precedent. Precedent okay. with a C. Okay. <laughs> C precedent. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when that gets overturned, which is rare, but when that does get overturned uh, and can be overturned, it's where we have issues. So, like even like Brown versus Board of Education, which has been established president since. Uh, 1950. It can be overturned. Uh, like, I don't know why I, everyone's not just running around panicking. No, I bet that's the, that's why I think I felt the stone in my stomach because I couldn't. If you asked me yeah. when, you know, when she died, if you asked me exactly why I was terrified, I couldn't like, I couldn't have given you a list. It's just that I know how they can change things. And and you should be terrified because like, and I don't mean that. I don't oh, mean no. that to be like, um, like rude. Don't worry about like, me, buddy. I got, I got the terror. I got it right here, right in my diaphragm, baby. I know how to, I know how to say this correctly. Your feelings <laughs> are valid is what I meant to say. Um, because like, like right now, no one's clamoring for segregation. Uh, right? like, I wouldn't no one's be like, so let's sure. Let's put those black people back in their place. Have you well, been to Boston? People, but... <laughs> <laughs> not enough people are clamoring for legal let like segregation but there are people who are truly clamoring to strike uh even gay marriage which is the beginning of discriminating against gay people there are people who are itching to find ways to discriminate against oh trans they're people. itching so hard and you know what's crazy is like this is another thing that I, you know, it's interesting where people are like, you know, trans people are like, we just want to be like, you know, equitable treatment or whatever. Not and then the they're like, alone. okay, all right. We hear you. like gay people are like, yeah, we just want to be able to get jobs and like not be discriminated against. So like, okay, we hear you. You want to fucking get married? Hey. And then they're like, I guess, okay, that's cool. Like we'll celebrate. You know, some people are, we're like super into it, but then like trans people are like, Hey, yeah. Like, so we're here too. And we would like some, uh, rights. And the government was like, we fucking got you. How about this? How about this? You can travel around the world killing people for us. Ah, you want to be part of the military? Like it's. It's, uh, yeah. I've, that's not what I wanted. I don't, I was fine. <laughs> I like when, you know, 
when they banned us from the military again, I was like, Psh, great. I can't, you can't get drafted. Sick. It's, uh, well, I don't think you can get your past draft age. I'm sorry. Oh! <laughs> like, oh! I don't know how to tell you that. I oh! think it's very rude. I apologize. It, it hurt my feelings oh, when I found out too. You're way past Shot through the heart. Like, you're, oh! yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, <gasps> but, I need, thing that, uh, I need a fan. I need a fan to fan you. myself. I can't <laughs> believe what my friend just did to me. I think I'm having a hot flash. I think I'm having a hot flash. That was <laughs> that was me alleviating a fear for you. That's just me. Oh my god! I'm gonna be feel, I'm gonna be like my stepfather. I'm gonna be 29 forever. <laughs> well, in that case, then you are your draft age. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's an age limit on that draft. I don't know why oh, everyone thinks. Oh, you know who we should young. draft it's though? Young. There's these people, um, namely old, um, like usually it's old guys who want to date young women. And I feel like we should just draft old people in general. Like just send Ooh. all old people to fight. Like if if all the soldiers were like 65 and up, war I would think be it'd better. be more fun to watch. But <laughs> I would enjoy it. I think like okay, <laughs> so. There are these old guys and they're trying to get the right to change their legal age on their birth certificate and like on their license so that they can like legally say that they're like in their like late 20s or early 30s because because they're like they're comparing it to being trans. They're like, I'm trans angel or whatever. And I'm like, no. Please stop. Yeah, there's some people doing the trans racial thing. Please stop it. Please stop it. I. Please, I beg uh, of you, stop comparing those things. I really. It's we we that okay. So th- there's another whole another episode that we can get into that, but oh, we actually need to wrap. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah. Tell people, all the people, what you want them to know about the Supreme Court. Oh, okay. What I want you to know about the Supreme Court is that first, I think you should, uh, you know, just start thinking about the idea of what if. It wasn't. I don't know why I can't hear the phrase "what if" in a pause without thinking like "God, we're <laughs> one of us." Just a smile, like one of us. <laughs> I'm sorry when you said "what if." I was like, "God, we're trying one to make of his us. way home." Okay, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, love I'm sorry. that song. I. <laughs> it's so okay. Great. So I just want to say, okay, one, um, the thing I want you to know about the Supreme Court is that this, things are going to get really rough. And I'm not saying that to make you scared. Um, but like, assuming the, assuming they push through another, just, I mean, I've seen this coming for a long time and I tried to, you know, do what I could and talk to people. But I think sometimes when you try to tell people about what you can see coming, they just, I offer you a tinfoil hat and they're like, no, we're not sliding into fascism. Yeah. And now I've got all these friends coming back to me and being like, oh my God, you are right. What can I do to help? And I'm like, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. But like, I've been trying to <laughs> talk about this stuff. But, uh, you know, maybe I need to clarify my message now that we're in the zero hour. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I want everybody to know that like, you know, we can think of creative solutions like, uh, around how to deal with this. We have to figure out how to deal with this uh, really fucked up uh, Supreme Court. But what you can do to to not have that uh, as much effect... Ugh, my words are failing me right now. What I'm saying is that vote in your local elections. 
You need to learn who those people mm-hmm. are. You need to vote people. We need to vote in people who are going to have strength in numbers. We need to work really hard to make sure we're getting people who are like actually progressive, people who want to start defunding the police because that's like a legitimate issue. And yeah, I think that's, that's it's super, super important. important. And there's just there's it's too much. It's too much. It's yeah, that's that's it's a lot. And and it's then also too another thing that you can do to help is you can. Stop photoshopping Ruth Gator, Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg with like Chadwick. <laughs> Have you seen someone do that? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Fuck people. Just like, um, <laughs> like why? Please, please don't. The only please thing that don't they're do related that. in is that they died in like the same month. They died in the same month, and like, I, yeah. No, I saw it. It was funny because they photoshopped her head on like a younger woman's body oh okay so the thing <laughs> that i want to say i i hate everything about that uh here's here's what i will say you can do i god i hate everything about that. i'm so sorry um, it's, it's like what the fuck okay um fucking what no 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 i'm not going down that no if i'm laughing uh, or crying <laughs> I'm so angry and I don't need to talk about that. Uh, here's what you can do to help uh, for the Supreme Court. Um, write or call or both your senators for your state and tell them that uh, as a constituent that um, if they're, by the way, if they're up for an election, make sure you point this out that you are not down for a lame duck Congress session to appoint a judge and that you're definitely not down for the potential for a essentially for a president that the people have kicked out of office oh you sound like a pundit lame ducks i know i sound like a pundit but you need to say those things and make it really abundantly clear to your senators that you are not here for that you need to hold your senators hostage with your votes yeah, I mean, like, honestly, wait, like, maybe I shouldn't say hold your senators hostage so no, that's right. loud. Hold them hostage with with, with your votes, votes. Not, not with anything vote, else. We mean guns. No, I mean we we, we mean votes. We mean, we votes. mean votes. We don't mean guns. V, if people want to contact the show, how can they do that? Well, if you want to contact the show, uh, let us know uh, how we're doing. You know, <laughs> how are we doing? Are we? your favorite people yet you can tell us there at uh instagram and twitter and that's frown town pod uh so nice. you can do that if you want to just hit me up uh slide into my dms please no dick pics <laughs> if you send me as soon as you said that i was like oh no <laughs> oh i have a collection i have a i have a website that has yet to go live of every dick pic i've ever been sent non-consensually <laughs> i'll make it live the irony. I'm just saying, you know, now people are probably going to send it just so they can get on the website. Yeah. Anyway, just don't do that. I'll just I'll just block you. But if you have like a question, I mean, or you have a, if you have a, a particularly a silly Billy, a, a law that you've heard about that's silly, you can DM me at VChatty on Instagram or Twitter and I will totally read it. Um, what about yeah. if people want to ask you a question or like just hear your or no read your words through the power of learning i will say first of all send your dick pics to me uh, <laughs> i slide in my dms i bring them like 
send them to me. I I want to see your dick. <laughs> I genuinely am curious. Like I want to. What you packing? What you got? Like Just for a comparison, if you hold stuff up next to it for scale. Oh, yeah. I, send me your dick pics. Send me. I prefer scale dick pics. I enjoy those. That's like <laughs> when you're like, oh, look, it's the same size as a banana. I'm like, holy shit. I do. What type of banana. Okay, is wait. That? Can I make one addendum? I one addendum. Okay. I will accept a dick pic if you are holding a vegetable. That you grew yourself next to it. For scale. For scale. Okay. Alex. Like vegetables only? What about mushrooms or? If you grew a mushroom. Yeah. If you grew some <laughs> mushrooms. mushrooms. I don't know. Yeah. If you grew some mushrooms, you could do that. Yeah. If you grew. So just something that you, you grew. Something that you grew. Like not your kid. Don't do that. Uh, that or like a, a dog or a cat. Yeah. Don't put a, a living thing. Just like, um, you know, just a thing. Like that, the fruit of. The fruit of a living thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Again, not your child. Um, <sighs> you can also you can find me at underscore J on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, this is this has been a dope episode. I'm I'm super excited to listen to it. I I, I don't you? know why I said that. That's a weird way to end the show. What I meant to say is this has been a dope episode. V, thank you for doing it with me. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. I never say thank you to you for doing yeah, this. Yeah, thank, thank you, you to you guys. This. We really appreciate you staying on track with us, even though we're, I feel like if we were a roller coaster, there would be lots of splits. Oof, so many ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're going to talk about slavery. But then it went away. But then it came back. <laughs> Everything is terrible. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.